This is DWZ Podcast here with J-Rod, the leader of WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here, folks. So, welcome back, listeners. So, we're going to be talking some interesting topics that we definitely got to be talking about. Now, if you guys saw what happened in the latest news with New Japan Pro Wrestling, it appears we're having a brand new title, which is called the IWGP television title. Now, I know it sounds kind of corny. We have seen television titles in certain promotions. Like, we have that in Ring of Honor. We have that in, um, where else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. NWA. That sort of thing. Oh, yeah. WCW had that title before, and there's many other locations. But what was the significance about this? So this is more of like trying to get more awareness to other wrestlers, especially the younger wrestlers who are making a name for themselves. So there's a lot of things that were actually talked about this, not to mention the pressure that is being put upon because apparently you only have a 15-minute time limit for this title, which is kind of bizarre. But also this is another type of representation that I think it feels necessary. Now, you got to remember... Japan has a different type of regions. Not a lot of wrestling is self-aware in certain um, capacity that you think. Like people may not, not like, let's say there is a town of full of 400 people and they don't know jack about wrestling. And I think that kind of fits into the, sto- the whole thing about, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But they want someone to represent and, um, on that. And, of course, this title will be shown free on new, on um on New Japan on demand, and I thought, ooh, that's gonna be good. I like it. So we already have some wrestlers that have been um, announced. Of course, we have Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Alex Zane, uh, Taichi, Zack Saber Jr. Um, who else is in it? Great Okan, Yano, Evil. Uh, who else is in it? Try to think. Aaron Hanare, uh, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and I think a few others. That's pretty much what I know. And this title will begin some point on the 14th, and the new crowning of the champion will take place exactly on January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom, which I'm excited to get to. I'm really happy that's going to be happening soon. So we'll see what happens then. Uh, so that's pretty much it We're now with the IWGP World Television title. Let's move on to some of the Yoshi wrestlers I want to talk about. Now, the first one I want to talk about is... Unagi Sayaka. Now, um, if you guys have been aware of recently, uh, Unagi Sayaka has stepped away from, um, of course, from stardom to go freelance for a while. Um, basically, what you guys may uh, may be remembered, what really took place was the fact is Unagi was at the bottom of the five star Grand Prix. Now, that's the problem. What happened? So she wants to go freelance. Um, but before I proceed, I want to talk about this. I'm going to say this right now because right now this is really bullshit what just transpired. The dirt sheets are at it again, folks. The dirt sheets. These fucking bastards are saying one shit from what I'm being hearing from another. Now, they're saying, their indication is saying, Uragi Sayaka is leaving stardom to go freelance. Now... The only reliable dirt sheets I believe they can say it's reliable is, of course, PW Insider. I can rely on that. Um, Who else? Oh, yeah. Wrestling Observer and Fightful Select. 
But the ones that announces, I never heard of the uh, this one called Slam Wrestling. I don't even know who the fuck these guys are. But they're saying Unagi's leaving Stardom, and then of course we got WrestleZone. Now I heard of WrestleZone. I've seen some of it because there are times I don't know if I can believe what they're writing about. But both these dirt sheets are saying the opposite. Now this is what's going on. I've been following many people on Twitter. There's this one called Kiwi underscore zero one one. This one has like a bit of a following to follow Unagi about what she does, uh, the wrestling she does. Apparently, some certain pe- they tagged, um, tweeted, retweeted uh, people's thoughts about Unagi. One particular person said that they managed to translate what Unagi said, which already is one hundred percent confirmed that Unagi will be stepping away from Stardom to go freelancing. That is one hundred percent confirmed. Because that's exactly what she said, of course. And recently, there was this guy, uh, YouTube channel called um, HD Stu- uh, Subs. They re- used that video uh, that Unagi actually talked about, and they put the titles on it. There was no indication that Unagi was leaving Stardom. She said she will always be a member of, of Cosmic Angels, which means she's not leaving. Now, as you know, I mentioned this before, Stardom does not have a developmental program like NXC. So basically, going freelance is your developmental style. That's how it works. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. So basically, 100% confirmed about Unagi. She is stepping away from stardom to go freelancing. And that pretty much it how it's been said. Now, moving on about Unagi. Recently, Unagi had her first freelance match against AOI from Just Tap Out, which is Takamichi Nuku's promotion. That was a pretty good match. I heard that uh, she won by using submission, which is very strange. But she picked up the good match. But however, after the one of the ma- title matches that up t- happened on that particular day, uh, we had, of course, Tomoka Inaba taking on um, Misa Kagura, who's like a clone version of Tam Nakano. Uh, Tomoka Inaba, if you guys know this, she is one of the most recent newest members of God's Eye. So basically, she uh, retained her title. But however, here comes Unagi, who's issued a challenge towards her. Not the belt itself, but her. Basically, Tomoka Inaba is the current J- uh, JTO Queen's champion. So basically, she uh, um, Unagi doesn't want nothing to do, but she wants to challenge her. So I have to say this is going to be great. And of course... But the powers of B by Takamichinuku, the match will take place exactly on the 4th of January in Corkin Hall. However, I did say, uh, if, if you guys know this or not, I've been watching a lot of the wrestling stuff on WatchProWrestling.org. I did request it for the match that Unagi showed up on that day. I'm going to see if I can do the same thing again. See if there's any possible way to bring that out. Now, so basically that's going to take place. But she does have another uh, event coming up real soon, I think this weekend, with uh, World Woman Pro Wrestling Dyna, where she'll be in a eight-person tag match. So uh, hopefully I get the chance to see it. Uh, maybe th- that will be uploaded on this other YouTube channel that I know of. I forgot the name of it. But yeah, I'll, hopefully I get to see that match, which I'm very curious to see. Now, regardless of what's been going on, it's still unclear what else is Unagi's going to do, but... Uh, Kiwi one uh, Kiwi underscore zero one one uh, revealed that Unagi is learning to speak English. I'm like, hmm, that's a good 
Wait, uh, I'm not sure if she asked Mina or Waka because I know for a fact Mina Shirakawa and Waka Tsukiyama, her teammates from Cosmic Angels, they speak English. I don't know if they recommended her to an instructor. I know Mina had learned to speak English for almost 16 years. Um, that's pretty much it. But it's a good thing she did talk about having overseas. Now, if there's any future events that she could show up, uh, Yuna Manaze even invited her to come, uh, to come by Gambari Pro again. Uh, if you guys know this or not, back in July, uh, Unagi ended up in a uh, singles match with Yuna Manaze, uh, winning the match. And uh, she said she would like to team up with her. So I kind of had a feeling that could happen. So pretty much that's what I know. Now, moving on to the next Yoshi wrestler. Now, speaking of Unagi, let's talk about her teammate, Mina Shirakawa. If you guys have been hearing or seeing what's been going on, Mina Shirakawa has now been making some headways in stardom. Because A, she has been improving a lot in pro wrestling ever since. Now, some people say that she wasn't that great. I agree. But she is a beautiful girl, and I'm not going to deny that because... She's one of my absolute favorites in Cosmic Angels, and I do have a crush on her. So, sue me. Anyway, Mina, as you know, has changed a lot. There was a lot of things that she had developed, but I think this whole thing with the five-star Grand Prix has changed her to a new dynamic as a pro wrestler. The first time that happened was when she defeated um, Momo Wananabe for two reasons. One... Momo has been one of is known as a former white belt champion, which is true. She's currently held the most consecutive victories as a the Wonder of Stardom champion, which I know Sayakami Tani is trying to catch up. Uh, but the other reason is uh, Momo is of course one third of the artist champions with Starlight Kid and Saki Kachima. So she issued a challenge. So that kind of sets in. But there were a lot of good matches that took place in the five-star Grand Prix with her. There was one that was really good, which uh, was with Mayu Iwatani, the leader of stars, of course, the icon. Mina was very methodical of what she was doing. She was aiming for the neck, the back of the neck of Mayu. Even Mayu said it herself during a post-match comments how Mina's not the same she remembered, that she was more targeted of the back of the neck. I'm like, hmm, makes sense. I mean, she really, really has changed a lot. But her wrestling style, she's more methodical. Even Julia, who is our current, the winner of these five-star, even mentioned during her match, if you guys saw this or not, Mina was very methodical about the knee with Julia attacking her that way. Uh, but yeah, but even though she also had a good match against Ami Sodi, where she applied the figure four leg lock, and that allowed her to win. Those were good matches that I did enjoy seeing. And what other matches there were? There was, of course, the one with um, with Sayakami Tani at Corican Hall. That one was one of her biggest accomplishments because, A, it earned her a, a spot to finally challenge for the white belt, which is a belt that she always wanted. And she has made it perfectly clear she wants to challenge for that belt. And that's always been clear because... Uh, not only that, Mayu was a white belt champion, so was Julia. So basically certain people in her block were white belt champions. And I think that would make a lot of sense for her trying to improve her game. If you want to be a, uh, win the white belt champion, face wrestlers who were the champion for that particular belt. And there's no wrong about that. But, uh, but Kai Sayaka Matani was the biggest win when she 
when she put her away with the the, the Mina driver, and I thought, wow, that was great. But another match that was more is like who is going to be the first one. Now, if you guys remember completely, there was a lot of tensions toward Mina and Natsupoi. Now, the, in, the, the real speculation is that people thought Mina is going to betray Cosmic Angels. That's always been clear because of the rivalry, but it had nothing to do with that. It was more than that. It was no secret that Natsupoi was making a play prior before going to joining Cosmic Angels that she wanted the white belt herself. Now, she has challenged for those belt, that belt twice. One with Tam, the other with Sayakami Tani. And both times, she has failed. So it's kind of like, okay, will Natsupo make another play for the white belt? We may never know because she is currently one half of the goddesses t uh, tag team champions with Tam. And that's the whole point. And she beat her really, really good. I have to say, she actually was more methodical as ever by attacking the knee of Natsupo. And of course, Natsupo had no other choice but to tap. But I think this is more like, okay, for Tam... Is she giving her blessing to Mina? Saying, I want to pursue the white belt. So in a way, it's like, okay, go for it. And that's how it happened. They just recently had the contract signing on the press conference on for uh, that will take place in Hiroshima Goddess Festival. I think that's match going to be great. But however, I think Kamitani is underestimating uh, Mina because she... Many people can say, Mina is not a threat, but look at what happened. Mayu, Julia have talked about her, that she was more different than she ever was before. And, you know, I think that's what people are missing. If you guys are saying one per this person, nah, she's not a threat, she's just a tootie good girl with big tits, that sort of thing. Wrong. Basically, that's what happened. They were underestimating. The real question is now, is Kamitani underestimating Mina? Well, apparently not because once again, recently, during the weekend, Mina submitted Sayakamitani with the figure four leg lock and she had no other choice but to tap out. So this is a clear message. Now Mina has Sayakamitani's number. She is not going to stop until she finally sees do not underestimate her. But Sayakami Tani doesn't take... I don't know if she wants to take her serious or should. But if she doesn't take Mina seriously, that's going to be her own fault. And not to mention, she she even knows... This guy named Meerkat Ultra on YouTube says that he calls Sayakami Tani a deceiver because she cries a lot. Even Kyrie Sane said the same thing too. She cries a lot, but she's not really crying. So, the obvious question is, can Mina dethrone Sayakamitani and bring back the White Belt home to Cosmic Angels? If she does, that could lift up the spirits for Cosmic Angels, and hopefully Colors can come out of the woodworks and finally start winning belts and stardom. As you know, Saki is, has three titles on her way. Well, make it three. One is the Colors title, one is the... Uh, pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Wave tag team titles, and of course the um, uh, the daily something uh, tag team titles from Pure J. 
I have to say, if she does that, it's going to be great. And I, I, I'm i just rooting for her. I'm waiting for that day to happen. So I think that's pretty much it with Mina. So let's move on to our final Yoshi wrestler I want to talk about. I'm so fucking happy for this one. Miu Watanabe. Finally, she is a singles wrestling champion. Finally. Now, if you guys know who Miu Watanabe is, I'll tell you. Miu Watanabe is a... A, a wrestler slash idol girl within Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling. She's part of the Up Up Girls. Not the Up Up Girls idol group. More of the pro wrestling I, uh, idol group in Tokyo Yoshi Pro. Along with Ruka and Noraku and of course Hikari Noah and now their newest member Shino. Now Miu Watanabe has been declared by many fans as one of the most promising wrestlers in Tokyo Yoshi Pro. There are those that believe she would one day become a the top champion. And sh man, she's incredible. Not only that, she has won the tag team titles with Rika Tatsumi. That's always been clear right there. When she she uh, when they defeated uh, Neo Bishiku Goon, which is consistent of Sakisama and Masao. And then, of course, she did make a play for the Princess of Princess title with Ruka, Rika Tatsumi. But she failed in that particular match. But she did make another play during the Princess Cup. She made it all the way to the finals, but in a losing streak. Many fans wanted to see her win, but it ended up with uh, Yuka Sakasaki. But then finally, another opportunity arise. Who was going to challenge Alex Windsor from the from the UK for the International Princess title? Uh, there was a number one contendership between both Miu Watanabe and Suzumi. And I thought that match was great, but... I felt deep down Mew deserved it more than Suzumi. Reason is, Mew may be good as a tag team, but she needs to step out and step up to become a singles competitor. That's one of the reasons I wanted her to win, and she did. But man, her match with Alex Winslow was great. I mean, she put a lot of effort, energy, and put everything to beat uh, Alex Winslow. Not to mention doing the swinging on her. And then finally, the teardrop. And of course, finally pinning her one, two, three. She wins the International Princess Championship. And the first person to come out to give her a big hug was, of course, her friend and mentor, Rika Tatsumi. And Rika actually put on the belt for her. So it's a, one of the crowded, the best moments. I, we all couldn't be so proud of her. She has finally done something. I think many people were like, we want her to become a singles competitor. And that's something we definitely wanted to see for a long time since we learned more about her. And I'm so happy that she did it. So hopefully we'll see who will be the next challenger for that title. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's another international wrestler. All right. So I think we're done with the Yoshi stuff. So let's move on to some interesting developments coming from WWE. The first one is the Good Brothers. Yes, you guys saw what happened at Raw. Good Brothers are back. Now, there's a lot of talk about this because if you guys know this or not, Good Brothers are current. We're a free agency, free agents. But however, later on in November, I believe, Carl Anderson has to go back to Japan and put the Never Open Way title against Hikuleo. Now, many fat, many YouTubers like myself are have been discussing this or had the feelings that there is a possibility that you know. Carl Anderson may drop the title. Now, some of you WWE loyalists, if you're listening, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, fuck that. Fuck that, guys. 
WWE needs to make a partnership with New Japan. Fuck WWE, AEW. They don't need them. That's what you guys are thinking. But the problem is, there's factors over that. In, Dave Meltzer made a very compelling point. Will that benefit New Japan Pro Wrestling? I know Nick Khan have been trying to negotiate a partnership with them, but it seems like it didn't go any further than they should have. Not to mention, AEW did a hell of a job with the Forbidden Door. But why should that happen? Because the thing is, like Dave Meltzer said, will this be beneficial for New Japan? You got to keep in mind, there's a reason why. WWE will only make their guys look good and look and make New Japan look like wussies. That's the whole argument that I'm hearing from various people that no, WWE is going to make New Japan, you know, look like weak. I understand that. That's that is the possibility. Not to mention many people say Shinsuke Nakamura should have been world champion. I agree with that too. Why didn't it happen? The guy was from New Japan. Why didn't it happen? Explain that to me. We're WWE loyalists, if you can't, then you guys don't know jack shit. Or you don't pay attention what goes on in pro wrestling at all. So Carl Anderson, possibly this is the idea of what they're saying about him. That there is the chance that Carl Anderson may have to finish off whatever events he has left. And then he has to go back full time with WWE. Now, in relation to this, we know that this is no secret. Now, Triple H right now... Uh, is he's the one who recruited both Gallows and Anderson. It appears that he wants to bring back more people, and this is just the first step. One of those people that he is talking about that he wants to bring back is none other than Jonah. Now, Jonah has been making headways in New Japan, you know, because his biggest accomplishment was defeating the Rainmaker. That's the biggest buzz that he ever had. But the obvious question is, will he get an opportunity to go to AEW, I mean to WWE. That's the thing. Are they going to give him the opportunities? Because right now we're seeing certain wrestlers. I mean, look, I know people are saying Keith Lee and uh, Sewer Sicklin should be on their way back. Look, the thing is this. we don't. If you guys know this, Keith Lee said he had some health issues prior before going to AEW. And this happened like during his time when he was still under contract with WWE. And I get it. Maybe he doesn't want to go back. Because he's afraid of that. And I get it. Maybe AEW can give him a much slower pace than we could anticipate. So, we don't know who else. Uh, there's talk that they want to bring in Mi uh, Mia Yim and Chelsea Green into the fold. And I'm like, okay, that would make sense. Because I think with Chelsea Green, I thought that was a load of bullshit how they let her go. I mean, it is. Matt Cardona said that if, the, if Triple H gives him a call, he would definitely take it. But we don't know if Triple H has... has any interest in having him back. That's one of the key things. We don't know who else Triple H wants to bring. I know he wants to ride a wrong that Vince did, you know, releasing wrestlers that he felt they were no good, They all that stuff. The wrestlers who should have been given the opportunities long before. That's always been the compelling argument. That's one thing. I get it. But the obvious question is, will he give them more TV time or will he de develop the way they should have been from the very beginning? Problem is, I don't know. We just got to wait and see what happens then. So. so I think that's pretty much it. What we have with everything on this episode for all of you guys. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, there's more content to show up. I uh, hope you guys are tuning in on my YouTube channel, Deleted Wrestle Zone. 
uh, just released a brand new video, um, episode 157, which features, of course, Stardom's latest, one of Stardom's uh, latest events that took place on the 8th, uh, ICW, No Holds Bars, and of course, NWA Power, AW Dark, and NXT. So there's still more to come, so stay tuned on my YouTube channel. Uh, I will also be doing a follow-up on uh, Unagi on a separate video on my YouTube, so stand by for that. So, I'll see you guys on the next episode, so I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye, and have a nice day. Bang!